Hey everyone, welcome to the 14 Wins Podcast. This is Bones, and of course we have Rom X with us. Hey everyone. And what we are going to talk about is what we alluded to in our last episode, and that is the uh, charlatans in the field of the paranormal. And you know, of course, uh, there are a lot of them, but we want to focus in on uh, the 70s, and in particular, Ed and Lorraine Warren, who were part of the Amityville Horror Hoax. Yeah, Ed and Lorraine really made their mark. They, that, that, that's the case that really made them, was the Amityville Horror Case. And we were fortunate, if you read our article, you can read why we clearly think Ed and Lorraine Warren were lying, and they were con artists. Um, so I won't go through all of the details that are in the article, but the Amityville Horror case was brought up in a court case because people were suing about the money and rights to the story, and whether or not the story was fiction was relevant to that trial. So that court case, fortunately, brought out all the evidence that, that made, they were making claims about, and, and the judge declared the, the work uh, uh, fiction. So right. all of that evidence was there, and people had already reviewed it, and so it was very easy for us to find and tell that the Warrens were not being honest. And it went on like that. We, we found other cases like the Enfield haunting with these twins um, where uh, and there was a, some very serious uh, paranormal researchers that were there. And Ed Warren showed up and, and as this guy, uh, his name is Guy Lyon Playfair. Uh, yeah. He... Um, He's a, you know, a well-known serious paranormal researcher. And he said Ed Warren showed up and, and basically said, hey, we can make a lot of money on this. All you got to sure. do is, you know. Right. And he wanted nothing to do with them. And he also said that they were only there for a brief amount of time and then left and, and then made up a bunch of stuff afterwards. So that, that ends up being the movie. Right. Conjuring, you know, in The Conjuring. Yeah. So those movies have made a billion dollars. It's crazy, the timeline, too, because if you look at, they, they got into that around, what, 1975, and then, they, and then there was already a book published, uh, like, maybe two years later, that where, you know, that where the, the movie was based off of. Right. So, I mean, they were moving. Movers and shakers. They, they were. They, they made a lot of money. And Ed Warren was uh, driving a bus and doing some painting before this. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, Rain was doing other stuff. And then when the, the, the Amityville horror case comes, they'd say, oh, we're, we're ghost hunters and we're going to go in there and we're going to spend the night in the house. So a news camera films him going into the house and films him leaving the next day. Well, the, the Warren's whole scam was that Lorraine was, was a medium who could talk to ghosts and Ed was a was a demonologist, you know, exorcist that would remove the ghosts, right? right. So she's talking to ghosts you never saw, and he's removing ghosts you never <laughs> saw. Right. That was their whole that was their whole scam, right? And then when Ed Lauren was a bus driver, uh, there's allegations that was made by a, a woman who had con- clearly was was affiliated with them, and uh, she. Had said when she was 15, her and Ed Warren began an affair. Mm. And she ended up moving in with the Warrens, and her parents weren't happy about that. Jeez. She was 15 years old. 
And uh, she also claimed to be, there was a famous piece of video footage that the, the Warren said, oh, we filmed the ghost. And there's a woman in white uh, walking in a graveyard. It's called the Lady in White. And, and she claimed to be the woman in, in the lady in a white dress. Uh, okay. Walking in the graveyard. Ed said, hey, walk through the graveyard. Right. So none of this looks very good. No. And it, it goes on like that through all of the, uh, the Warren cases. And you, you pointed out that the time frame, and there was a lot going on in the church at the time. Oh, right. You mean like uh, the whole... Uh, uh, yeah, the satanic, satanic panic of the 70s. And yeah. Panic, that's right. Late that's 70s, early 80s. You know, this, this ends up being sure. right. And, and they, they, you know, Ed Warren had a, had a sense for this. All good, good con men, all, all these men who have charisma and, and can get people to, to believe in this stuff. All have that sort of way about them. And and they they have a sense a right. predator sense, you know, for 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 where the weakness sure. and where the vulnerability is, and I think it's especially tragic when con artists take advantage of religious people. Uh, religious, for sure. you know, people are are genuine in their faith. They're they're believers at heart. Yeah, because yeah, there's a trust involved, you know, or a perceived Absolutely. trust that is being manipulated. Yeah. And they're used to placing their trust in someone in the clergy. So Ed Warren liked to portray right. himself as being an ally of the clergy or, you know, some sort of weapon of the Catholic Church. When, you know, we clearly point out that the archdiocese, in, in the, particularly in the Amityville case, said no, nothing like what he's describing in the exorcist ever, ever happened. So, right. um yeah, he, he saw that vulnerability. They were Catholics, and and people, other researchers have pointed out that a lot of their targets were were Catholics, and they they knew where the weakness was. Oh, really? And Catholics, in there's a a lot more saints involved. There's a lot more room for ghosts and spirits and things like that in Catholicism. Oh, yeah. There's an ancient history. Yeah. So why were we looking into ghosts at all? And I would say we're Fortians, but we really started this, as we told you, by looking into how, how UFOs flew and whether they were real or not. So why were we looking into ghosts? We, we're not just into any sort of fringe uh, subject that comes along. You know, the, it ends up touching, UFOs end up touching a lot of fringe subjects. And then we have to learn a little bit more about them. So poltergeists, for example, poltergeist activity is reported consistently around UFOs. And we think that that's an extremely important trait to understanding this phenomenon. Uh, people witness a UFO and then they report things moving in the house. They report doors slamming, all the same things that you re report in places that are quote unquote haunted, right? So we looked into that. Um, and poltergeist activity is a real thing. We're not saying ghosts don't exist. I, my, my, my gut analysis on the whole thing was that there were some cases that seemed clearly right. related to the UFO phenomenon, and there were other cases that, that seemed, seemed to be related to the afterlife or, or some sort of spirit, uh, you know, or, or energy or consciousness that, that had been there. Um, and there was evidence. There was a lot of it. So I'm not saying ghosts aren't real. Uh, we're saying that the Warrens took advantage right. of people who knew ghosts were real.
And that also brings us to the fact that charlatans still exist. So we don't want to talk about these old cases and not have them be relevant to today. So poltergeist activity, tons of it gets reported at Skinwalker Ranch. And we think that place is so important to our research because it's a cornucopia of all this paranormal stuff all in one place. And it's very easy for you or anyone to uh, move the narrative about what UFOs are by moving it away from all this high strangeness. If you want UFOs to be about extraterrestrials, you probably don't like what's happening at Skinwalker Ranch, even though it it all could point to extraterrestrials. You probably, but you'd rather have it be something in a ship that's flying around Right. That you can talk to at some something relatable, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> right, right. <laughs> and when you start looking into the high strangeness parts of this, when you start looking into the ghosts, when you start looking into the the cryptids, and you go, these things are part of the UFO phenomenon. They happen in the same locations where UFOs are seen. We can right. prove that over and over and over. So it's part of it. I, right. it, it I'm not telling you that the Mothman is flying UFOs. We're just trying to understand it all, right? And we have to, you have to take this wider view, and that's where the Fortean thing comes in. So those people, those con artists, just like uh, you know Ed and Lorraine Warren, who I, I would, this is just my personal opinion, I think we're doing that for money. Money and fame. That was their motive. Yep. But there's other con artists out there who we know this for a fact, have taken money from dirty intelligence people to plant stories in the media about paranormal and UFO-related stuff. Right. So kind of cloud the topic. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So there's very good evidence, um, and a famous UFO critic in the, uh, in, the, in the 80s and 90s, went on for decades, Philip Klass, that, that he was taking um, money from the CIA to to dis- disabuse the UFO topic. There's an entire documentary called Mirage Men about uh, an Air Force, former Air Force serviceman intelligence officer who goes through how they used to run intelligence, disinformation, and misinformation operations on the American people. No kidding. That is so far outside of what the Air Force is allowed to do Right. I can't even tell you. And this, so, you know, watch the documentary, re- research this guy. His name is Richard Doty. He, he's trying to do ufology now. And I don't know why anyone would believe someone who already, I appreciate the fact that he came forward and said he was a disinformation agent at one point. But then obviously we, we can't really look at what he says afterwards with too right. much credibility, unfortunately. And that's just kind of how I, how, how I feel about it. But other people may feel differently. So I'm not going to name names like I, I named it Richard Doty in the name of a positive light, but because I don't think it does us any good to go around and bash a bunch of UFO researchers who are popular and who may, you know, appeal to their ideas may appeal to you and maybe you find something in it. So I don't want to do that, but I am going to give you a code book on how to find them. So, and you should be able to do this based on what I'm telling you. 
The first way to find a UFO or paranormal charlatan is that they're giving you all the right. answers. That's the first way. I have all the answers. I have found the key. Cool. Where's the key? Like, can you summarize it for us? Right. That, you know, so the, there's, there's, there's specifically people doing this today who are saying, I have all the answers. These are extraterrestrials. Here is their agenda. Right. And they're saying that without any evidence. They're also saying this is what the government is doing. And they're saying that yeah, just without any evidence. <laughs> yeah, just confidence. <laughs> yeah. Which is the key to a good con. And, and so that's exactly what, the, what they're doing. And, and there's several of these who say, I have the keys to the UFO mystery. First of all, if they're telling you point of origin, show me evidence. Right. Because that's a big question that we have at 14 Wins. We don't know the answer to that yet. Right. So we, we do some pretty good research. I was once told I'm a Cracker Jack oh, researcher. Okay. <laughs> Cracker Jack. What does that mean? I don't like Cracker Jack. And I have been dying to, to put that on my resume. Um, <laughs> but we, we, look, we, we, we do some, some pretty good research here, and we haven't been able to find out what UF, where UFOs come from. And I don't think the government has either. So if someone's telling you that without any evidence, it's a good sign they're a con man. Right. The other thing that I would point out is the, these intelligence assets. So, and this is, I know that this is how this works. And there, I can show you documentation, but I also have seen for some of this stuff happen firsthand. So, but we don't want to become what it is that we're telling you to watch out for. So I don't want to tell right. you this stuff without evidence. I would just say, if you want evidence, go to Philip Class. Like, there's good evidence that Philip Class was taking money from the CIA to say things that were contrary to UFO truth. Right. So we we, we prefer to work from public evidence here. And I would say, I I on a personal note, I have seen this happen firsthand. That that what what they do is they say, okay, you can continue your research. However, you, we want you to say just these one or two things. We want you to push okay. in just one or two directions. And this is, this is like, it's, it's very deal with the devil. This is how the CIA works in the geopolitical realm. And they shouldn't be doing it with UFOs, but they have been doing it. So, right. um, and it, 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 is, it is the CIA because the FBI doesn't seem to know jack about this. My opinion. Those, are my, those things are my opinion. They're, they'll say, okay, we just want you to push on this one or two things. And they know what they're doing, right? Those one or two things are going to throw off the whole mystery or they're going to make right. make somebody look like a charlatan when they're not. That, right. So this is how gray this subject gets. But these people will be allowed to continue their research. And here's another great open source piece of evidence I can give you that this stuff happens consistently. Is There was, there was recently a case where the FBI, because the FBI does this stuff, uh, for for things that are criminal or domestic home, homeland security issues, right? So there was a case where they were dealing with a violent, you know, um, white supremacist group, and they kind of paired up with this guy who had like this satanic Nazi website, and they had him doing informant stuff. No kidding. Well, one of the guy's uh, followers ends up committing some murders. So 
Then it comes out oh, wow. that the FBI was basically funding this guy to sit around and post, you know, Nazi wow. Satan shit all day. So, th- so there's a, a recent case in the news that you can go find, you know, where this stuff happened. This stuff happens in the paranormal and UFOs, and you it really got to make you wonder what they're hiding. It looks to me like these days there there are people who have a really serious problem with anything that what we're talking about, like the, the high strangeness, Skinwalker Ranch related stuff, anything that takes this conversation away from hardware and extraterrestrial, which may end up being what this is. We can't say with any certainty that all of this is not caused by extraterrestrials and hardware. It's just that the truth seems to look a lot more complex. Right. And the people that I see that appear to have a weird agenda, like keep attacking whistleblowers in the public, keep attacking Skinwalker Ranch in, 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 a, in a weird way, those, those people to me look like potentially intelligence assets. Right. So people should be mindful of that. I don't want to I don't want to name names. I just want to say look at look at what they're doing. Right. And then go why would someone say and do these things all day unless they were being paid? <laughs> like and people do right, this right. with politics and then they get accused of being paid, right? But, but people are impassioned by politics, right? You you're impassioned right. by something political. It feels very central to you. Right. No one gets that impassioned about the fact that the, the Skinwalker Ranch team said that they saw a dino beaver. Like, wh- why would that, <laughs> you know, why would that inspire you to spend months of your life following them online right. and, and re- saying stuff to them all the time? Like, either you're a weirdo or you're an intelligence asset. Like, so, that's I mean, all I can say. Going, going back to the 70s and what you called the... Uh, um, the satanic panic. I mean, so all this stuff, you know, it doesn't it doesn't happen in a vacuum. You know, everything's just there's a cultural phenomenon happening all over you, right? And in the seventies, there was there was panic. There was changing, and the music was changing. There was panic when it came to religion. Uh, are we going the wrong way? Uh, is are our kids going to be say grow up being satanic and all that? So we, we understand the cultural realm that they were working with. Well, after that, after the seventies, after the eighties, um, what what's what's the answer? What's why are people doing it? I mean, now you talk about people online. I think now we're kind of living through this. Well, in the past ten years, I'd say we're, we're living through this kind of strange new world of just nonsense online, like social yeah. media. Our bubbles, and it's a cultural. Mm-hmm. It's a cultural phenomenon. Social media is yeah. so. You got you got charlatans just using it uh, for their own for their own means. Absolutely, they understand that that you live in an information bubble, and we all do, right? Right. Um, all of us, even 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 you and I, who are trying to burst our way out of it, are still in our own right. information bubble, and we'd be fools to think that we weren't. So. They take advantage of that, and they get you into that. They, they, they know what right. you're seeing, seeing, and they, what they know is, and this is, I, this is a field that I work in, right? So I, I, I do understand this. Like I know that if you like golf, you're more likely to have a pool, right? <laughs> right. Okay. So you know, I, I, 
I know if I'm selling pool stuff, like that's how I can get to you. Right. So when we advertise or when, when someone targets an audience or uh, something political, it gets even easier. Right. And it makes us so vulnerable and it's so important for us to really develop critical thinking skills and something. So a couple of things I want to follow up on because we were just talking about how some of these critics look like BS and intelligence to us. Some of them don't like, and even some of the cynics, and I want to name names here because I think it's positive. Mick West is a cynic, like probably the most famous UFO cynic today who, who takes the position. And I don't think he really believes it, but he takes the position that all UFO sightings can be explained. And I think he fulfills mm-hmm. an important function. I, whenever there's a big UFO sighting, I always want to see what Mick West has to say. And I think he's debunked a number of them. So it's not that we're averse to criticism. We're averse to weird criticism. Right. And, and there's, it, it's, up to, it's up to all of us to, to try to figure out where is, this, where is critical thing, where, where is someone being contrary going to help me? And where is it going to help my research? And where is it going to send me backwards. We need criticism. We need to challenge our own beliefs. We need to challenge our own theories, especially when we get further down the road. Like with, I, I avoided reading Jacques Vallée until very recently. I would only read his scientific papers and I would read articles about him, but I wouldn't read his books because I knew his theories okay. were, get, were getting too close to my own. So I, that's confirmation oh, okay. bias, right? Right, right. So I would really encourage people to do this with any news story you care about. UFOs are one of them, but you could apply this to politics and world events as well. If you really care about that news story, you want to read it in one source, and then you want to go read a competing source. So if you read it in something that's left-leaning, you want to read it in something that's right-leaning. And then you want to read it on the AP, because they're going to try to remove all of that. And then... okay. And then I would also recommend reading it from an international source, like The Guardian or Al Jazeera. You know, you can you don't have to read all, you're not going to read four articles, but if you really care about something, read all of them. You you'll find something different in all of them, and you'll find different perspectives. And then you're going to have to kind of sift through it. And this is really how we have to get information today. If we really care about something, and if we don't, if we don't really care about it. We should just be mindful of the fact that we don't have all the information because right. we haven't done all right. that research. That's good advice. It makes sense. Um, so the one thing I, we can't uh, we can't end this episode on charlatans without mentioning um, the fact that you know things have changed. The we're, we're basically one year from from the uh, congressional hearing on UAPs that uh, happened last spring. Um, and things have changed. They're, they're, they're encouraging uh, former pilots to come out. You know, it, it, so we're, we're at a different, we're at the doorstep of something new. And, and it's, maybe it's just because of there's just been so much activity in the past year that they, they just feel overwhelmed. And so now they're just kind of throwing their arms up and saying, okay, let's talk about it. I don't know. What, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, that's super. I think it's super exciting that in the next hearing, they're going to have the pilots on the floor, and oh, okay. the latest talk is that they're not going to have the Department of Defense in that hearing. 
So the pilots oh, will be able to speak freely and no one will be like, oh, well, you know, that was just a flare. And they can go, look, I, 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 I'm a military right. pilot. I've been around flares. It wasn't a flare. Right, right. So we, we'll, get their, uh, we'll get their take in the next hearing. But I want to, in the next episode, I think we're going to talk about the hearing so far. I gave you a little insight into kind of how intelligence and news works. And I'm going to talk a lot about that and in the context of these hearings and try to try to give you a, a, a little insight into some of the some of the power games that are happening behind the scenes. Yeah, definitely. That's some good stuff. So um, we usually uh, give media suggestions on these topics. Um, I think we will uh, just briefly suggest Vice News. Um, their reporting is always really extensive every time uh, I come across their work. Yeah, we like Vice News a lot. Um, they do they, they do some really good deep dives. They've got a good Havana Syndrome podcast right now, and they're also looking into some anomalous disappearances that may or may not involve the paranormal. I think we'll address those on a different podcast. Great. Well, I think this episode turned out. We took a break, but 14 Wins is back and going strong. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Be well.